Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and I have a guest with us today, Matt Rudlinger. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Let me give you a bit of background on Matt, then I'll have him add to it. Uh, Matt's an entrepreneur, and he's the founder and CEO of the marketing firm Triple R Marketing. Uh, Matt's vision for Triple R Marketing is key to his core belief in operating principles, which is driving him to create distinguished customer experiences. We'll chat about that, that, about that topic on today's episode. He's also the founding partner of another interesting business called Fanvius, which uh, develops an app that allows fans to order food and merchandise right from the comfort and convenience of their seats at different uh, venues. Matt has over 20 years of experience in marketing and sales and in helping small local businesses and brand name Fortune 500 companies alike become leaders in their industry. He lives in Bloomington, Indiana with his family. And once again, Matt, welcome to the show. If you'll please add a little bit to that background and tell us what you're up to these days. Yeah, the uh, the one thing I, we could add to that is uh, we also own a caramel-making business. That's right. I heard about that in one of the yeah. one of your podcasts I had listened to. Yeah, so that's kind of one of the uh, the new things, I guess you could say, that we've added to our plate, uh, which has been a really key ingredient, you know, no pun intended there, uh, to our launch course that we uh, we work with businesses and helping them with their search engine optimization, their social media and customer experience. So it, it all kind of works together. Yeah, fantastic. We're going to dive into that, how you ended up in such owning and starting such diverse businesses. That appeals to me because when I list my businesses that I own, people make the same comment. It's like they don't seem to be interconnected. <laughs> so, so we'll chat about that. And if you heard that traffic in the background, he is in downtown. Would you call that downtown Bloomington? Yeah, we're right on the square. Okay. And we were just chatting before we started recording that my daughter just arrived there in Bloomington to she's an incoming freshman at IU. And you were sharing with me how you ended up in Bloomington was because of your wife, correct? That is correct. I I, um, I met her on eHarmony. Huh. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I did. And it, uh, like she says, she, she says she put in the recipe and poof. So, <laughs> so yeah, it worked out really well. We started the business in Seymour, Indiana, and about... Eight years ago, um, seven, eight years ago from when we met, actually moved the business over here. So um, me and my daughter are headed this way. Yeah, very interesting. And you, you enjoy that small, I mean, uh, Bloomington, for those who haven't been there, which included me until a year ago, small town, very idyllic, classic kind of college town is the way I would describe it. What's it like living and working there? Oh, it's great. I mean, the, the city is very diverse and, and so many avenues. And you're right, you know, it's like, for a little while, it's like a small town with everything to do. And then before long, it's, you know, when the kids come in, it's like, you get just, you know, we're packed with people and a lot more activities going on. Um, with the college being here, you, you've got, you know, you've got sports and all these other events. So it's kind of like having small town, small town people and, you know, with 
big town uh, events and things to do. So we love it. It's really nice. And everybody here is very friendly and uh, we're happy to call it home. Yeah, definitely a friendly environment. I was also surprised by how diverse the restaurant options are. Yeah, there's about any type of restaurant you can think of in the city for sure. And the nice thing is that it's really close too. So everybody's kind of localized in what they do. Well, great. Well, let's let's get started uh, back when you were first making that transition out of school. Did you? I know. Well, I know you did because I looked in your background. You went to work for someone. You were in sales. So, take us back to that point in time and what, what you were doing then. When I was going to school, I actually worked for a mechanical contractor um, where my dad worked, and that's when I went to college and I went for graphic design. Um, I, that's what I did for the the contractor. We do the drawings when we had projects. Did do anything, did that for about five years and then uh, got a call from a suppl- uh, plumbing supply house. Uh, the owner from that company called me and asked if I wanted to be in sales and I was like, never sold a thing in my life. Um, but he wanted me calling on the type of clients that we were to them, uh, just you know, with the understanding of the industry. So I did that for about 10 years and grew that division of the company very success, successfully um, all over southern Indiana and uh, basically they got bought out by another company um, that I just didn't really care to stick around thought it was perfect timing to go out on my own and that was about 11 years ago so here we are today did you when you were working back then did, was that your aspiration was to become your own boss or did it come to you later who want to be my own boss since I was a kid I can I can actually remember my going down in our basement and my we had this workbench down there and I would throw a blanket over and I collected baseball cards and I would set baseball cards out acting like I owned my own baseball card shop. So, you know, everything I've always wanted to be my own, uh, to be an entrepreneur, to, to have that freedom, if you will, or that creating your own destiny. Um, so, so I think it's always just been in me to do it. Where do you think it came from? What do you think inspired it? I don't know. My, my dad owned a business for a while, and then my grandparents owned a campground. So, you know, maybe it's a good question. I really never really dug into where that maybe came from, but maybe it was just from being around that, that atmosphere, atmosphere of, you know, my parents and grandparents that owned their own businesses, and I could see how they would make them grow and how they kind of did what they needed to do. Yeah, that definitely has to have been an influence. But nonetheless, you went to school and you got a, a job. Why is that? Right out of school, why did they get a job? Right. Why did you not go and start a business then? Was it just not something you could financially do at that point in time? Or why did it take you a while and you worked? You were successful? And so why did you go that route initially instead of starting a business or going into one of your family businesses? Um. Well, at the time uh, when I graduated, when I graduated, in like high school, there was no family business okay. when I went, before, before I went to college. But I, I would say that you know having a jo- the security of having the job, you know, right out of school was definitely one. And uh, I was scared to death. <laughs> always, always wanted to. Is always just really scared to even try to do it. And I think that I think that being out in sales for ten years to watch what I did help create that confidence that I needed to take that plunge to owning my own business. Um, so, you know, when you, sometimes you can look back and see what you've done and then you think, well, you know what, I can do this for myself. Yeah. 
So it gave you that confidence, and, and sales is such a great arena in which to do that because it is so much on on you. It's what you produce, right? There's there's not much hiding in that arena. No, I mean I think you know sales. If sales is probably I you know as far as a mental mental job, sales is hard because everybody a lot of people think it's easy until you kind of get after you start doing it, you realize you're competing against everyone. All right. So what was the first business you started? Oh, the first business was Triple R Marketing. Um, I, I had that. That was where I started. Uh, we did graphic design and promotional products. Quick funny story of a business that I had right when, uh, within about two weeks of I, when I started that. Um, about two weeks I started the marketing agency and then and I had contractors that I've been calling on and, and working with for the past 10 years get a hold of me and I'm like, where are you at? I'm like, well, I'm no longer working for this company. You know, like I bought out all this good stuff. But like, get in here. We need stuff. <laughs> so you know, they were so used to the, the way that I worked within the relationship that we had. They wanted me to go ahead and try to figure out a way that I could continue to work with them with the construction materials. But basically, after about a month, I had a marketing agency and I had construction sales. And the office that I had in Seymour, I shared with a, a, a buddy of mine. And he was a web developer, and he did websites for a lot of the national websites that are that are out in the market today. Uh, of course, they've changed from ten years ago. But so this guy was a brainiac when it came to websites. So we developed the website for that our construction company. Uh, it was just construction materials that we sold. We didn't do any labor. But after time, now we're number one on the ranking in Google for. The, this materials. So now I'm going out to military bases and going and we're, we're selling stuff all over the United States with construction materials because the website's coming up for that particular um, product. But after about uh, two, two years of it, it's really not where my passion was. It's not really why I started the business. And I actually sold the website to one of the companies that found me um, out in North Carolina. So, but that, that's how we got into web design was through being in the ditches and going through that whole experience. Right. And then, and now primarily what does triple R marketing offer as far as services? I think you still do web design, but you do much more than that now. Right. So we do web design, we do social media marketing. Uh, we focus on creating customer experience and creating customer experience and working those three together. And when you say customer experience, in other words, following all the way through to what the customer actually experiences when they walk into a storefront, let's say. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of um, understanding the customer's journey, having the, the customer journey map, if you will, and knowing every touch point that you have with a customer and how can you make them feel special? How can you differentiate yourself from others? And how can you build that relationship um, with your customers to uh to set yourself apart from everyone else. Yeah. And I know that's a, that's a big theme for you. In fact, I, I think that's partially how you came to own the caramel business, right? It is. Uh, we used uh, Jones caramels for about four years, and we would always send our customers caramels on their birthdays. And I could show you hundreds of messages, and, and we've had so many conversations with our customers about how much they really appreciate it, and they look, they look forward to it. And so it was a big part of our relationship with our customers. And last year, uh, Joan came to me, and she's also a, a personal friend of the family. 
and her husband's going to retire and they've got grandbabies and stuff. She's like, a, she was going to close down the caramel shop. So kind of flipped out and bought like 25 pounds of caramels right there. <laughs> um, they hopefully last us for a little bit, you know, just a little while. But after talking with my wife, um, decided that we're going to keep it going. And so we bought the caramel business and we're using the caramels now because we also do the promotional products as well. But with having the caramels now, we can help other businesses create, you know, personal relationships and personal touches with their customers, you know, uh, with the caramels as well. So, I mean, there's other things that we can do, but the caramel, it worked out really well with what we already had in place and kind of tied in with the marketing and the promotional products. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now as to how those really do tie in together. They're not that disparate. Uh, right. Very interesting. And you continue to use that as one of your techniques is that that follow-up, that personalized follow-up with a client that you maybe still send caramels or other things to. That that was something you did early on. Yes, I think it's important. I think it's very important that you're – if the only time that you're talking to your clients is when you're asking them to buy something or need something – or if they're only reaching out to you when they need something or to you know to buy something or to buy something more than less, then the relationship is to me kind of stagnant. And, and so you want to you know wouldn't it be great if your customer called you for anything they need, whether it was something you wanted or something you sold or not. But you become a resource for them. You become somebody that they can trust and call for anything. And I think that you know. Creating some sort of connection with them outside of those times is really key on um, separating yourself from your competition. Yeah, you're talking about the difference there between a, just a transactional relationship and really building a longer term relationship. And those are the people that then refer you to others, right? Absolutely. If you, uh, if you become, you know, that resource for them and, and, and you know, deliver every time, then that's how, that's where your referrals will come in, and we all know that, you know, when a company says something, when a company says how great they are, no one really cares. <laughs> but when customers talk about how good you are, and, and how awesome you are, people listen. So you know, becoming that, having that relationships, and becoming that focus person for them to uh, reach out to. Yeah. So let's talk about the Fanvius app. When did you launch that? Um, so I'm a partner uh, with Fanvius. It's not solely me. Uh, we started Fanvius about two and a half years ago. I did have an app prior to that, which was the same concept. We called Sweet Seats. Um, with the with the partners coming in with the change, we we did change it to Fanvius. Um, we've been working on that for a while. Here in about two weeks, we have a, our new version of it coming out where we can actually brand it to the venue or the team. So what we found out is that everybody wants their own app. And before we had had it, it would you would just have to use the Fanvius app. So people that would be what would have to be marketed. So now we can you know take any college for instance, we can actually put their logo put their colors on it and we just power it basically. Um, so when you go into the, the game, you could download the, their app, order the food or merchandise, have it delivered to the seat, you know, and so it's creating their experience with their brand. Yeah. And this, this app is live at numerous venues across the country. Is that right? 
No, not yet. Not so, yet. Okay. Not I wasn't yet. Sure so where you were in the launch? Right. So we've got a lot of we've got several meetings coming up with this new branded version. So that's why we pulled back for about eight months here in getting this ready, and we're just now getting to where we can go out to have the meetings and say, all right, we, we can brand it now for you and create your own app on the App Store. Yeah. I mean, you can download the app now. It's there. We have it, but uh, the, the, the branded version is new. Right, but it, but you can download it and it doesn't do anything if it's not working at the particular venue you're at. Is the, the need right. to make it branded, was that something that people were, venues were thinking, well, we might just go build our own? I got to think that's got to be one of your biggest competitors, or am I wrong? Potential competitors, I should say. I mean, they can, uh, but also, you know, time and money. Uh, now they don't have that expense of building an app. Building an app is very expensive because there's a lot of, it's just a lot of time. Yeah. Yep. And the updates and stuff like that. So we can walk, we can go in there and, and, you know, have them up and running in an app. I mean, obviously we, it depends on how fast Apple updates the apps. And they've been pretty quick lately, but we could have an app up and running for a venue in 30 days. Yeah, no, that, that's a whole different approach. No doubt it makes sense. So I, I want to understand how you came up with the idea. And if I understand it, the solution briefly you are sitting at a seat at a venue, let's say at a baseball game, you go to the app and you order a hot dog and a drink and maybe a t-shirt and they bring it to you. So that they're obviously receiving that order uh, in the concessions area. That's certainly in a lot of higher end places, a waiter or waitress might come to you and take the order, but this is you initiating that order. And that's generally how it works. Do I have that right? Yes. So you would, yep. You would just, just like a, uh... You know, like anything else, you would order through your phone. Be the same concept. Place the order, put your seat location, submit your order. At the time you get a uh, place your order, you get a text saying that the order has been received. And then when they're getting ready to run your order to you, you're going to get another text saying your order's on. You know, they're on. They're on the way with your order. So, so they bring. So how did the idea come to you? I'm a very impatient person. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> uh, we were at a concert. The idea actually came. We were at a concert and uh, went to the concession, actually the, the merchant line for uh, a T-shirt. Went back four times and the line was just forever. And I didn't want to miss anything because the tickets are so expensive to get in the places anyway. And uh, it just like wore me out that I had to wait was going to have to wait and I, I just never did get anything because I didn't want to um, and, the, and at that same time in that same month or so uh, I was at a ball game and missed a home run from one of my favorite players so I was, so got to thinking like man there's got to be a better way and yeah, you know this is ridiculous so I mean that's kind of really what happened just out of the need of um, not wanting to leave my seat because I didn't want to miss the game I don't want to miss the concert because I paid good money to be there and I, you know, I think that's what fans want. They, they want that. And then, of course, with that, you know, with our new version, we've also built in optional rewards. You know, so now venues can reward, you know, their loyal fans. Like maybe if you buy enough. I mean, of course, they have to agree to everything that we we say or whatever they you know they want. But it would be cool if you bought enough that you got to high five the team for a game or something like that. So now we can like, you can really make some experiences with this, which I think would be really cool. What fans like. So when, when was that? When was that you first had that idea time-wise? What are we talking about? The idea was 
five years ago. Okay. And so it's, and I, the reason I ask these questions is I'm always interested in, and our listeners are always interested in how long this process takes from idea to actually launching something. And it's, it's always good to get a reality check on how other people go through it. And a lot of us have these kind of ideas, but then it just goes away or it's just talk and nothing happens. What did you do? When did you take the next step? And what was that step to now go from an idea to, hey, we might have something here. Let's see if we can create a product around this. So I started, I mean, so when I decided, yeah, I want to do this, um, I started, I grabbed a big piece of cardboard, really, and started creating a flow chart of how I envisioned this happening from the fans perspective and then started looking at it uh, from a developer side. So I had this big flow chart out there um, kind of putting it to, you know, most entrepreneurs are visual. So if you have an idea, start writing it out, start getting big bored and just start plastering everything you can think about this, your product service for sure. Um, then I started asking people, Hey, would you, would you like to order stuff see, while you're at a sporting event or concert? And, you know, 99.9% of people were like, uh, yes. So, uh, you know, so that was when I decided, all right, we're going to do something like this. And, you know, the, the idea, the concept is not new as far as an app that can allow you to order food and merch to your seats. Um, so the first when I did the first round, I was like, okay, what can I do different? And we actually had um, created the software where it had live inventory, and we actually did a um, preliminary patent on the software because it was because the way it was um, doing the algorithm with the, the live inventory, which was kind of which was as far as we could find, no one had done that. Um, but I think we were a little early in our time. I think our the concept five years ago was great, but you know you have to have great Wi-Fi signal in these venues to use the app and you know that hasn't that's been kind of a, a major thing this last few years is that the venues have you know been really ramping those up so a big hurdle so we had that app at the Nutter Center in Dayton Ohio and it worked out great um, but it was very limited what it could do because of you know because of a lot of those things and another thing was venues had issues with adding additional labor because they already were strapped for getting help at these events already. So through the process with that, and then, you know, meeting the, the members uh, of the group, the other partners of the group. Now we, when we re, um, relaunched the business as Fambius, we created an option to where, where we partnered with staffing agencies where we could provide staffing if they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just made a different platform that is easier to implement with the way the way technology's changed. So I mean, it's always evolving. I mean, that's you know, if you've got an idea, you, you have to realize that the market's going to change, people are going to change, every you know, technology changes, and so you have to adapt to whatever it is, and um, you know, kind of just stay on top of that. Are you competing against other apps now in this space? So there are apps out there that allow food merch to be delivered to your seat. Ours is unique in the marketing aspect of it. We so a lot of times 
you just get the app. You know, if a, if a venue just wants the app, they just get it. it. They have to take care of the rest. With ours, we again, we can provide the labor side of it, and we have a whole marketing platform that we've created with it, and we have a whole new real estate real estate that they can sell advertisements with our service as well. So, so we've, we've had to differentiate, differentiate ourselves from competition. And then of course, adding this whole branded branded side of it is going to give us another cutting edge. And initially who you partnered with, was that person, uh, the technology person, or are you the the technology person? How did you uh, partner for that input and early design work? Um, there's a group, there's five of us. We've got, uh, we've got lawyers, we've got, so we don't have to worry about the, the, the cash flow for all the legal side. And we've got, I mean, I can help with technology. We've got a, uh, guru te- technology who can work on both the iOS and Android. And then, uh, we've also got a marketing, marketing person. So we kind of went with the Mark Cuban approach with the way, the way to, uh, Excel is eliminate the need for cash, and so uh, we brought in brought in partners that can f- fulfill everything that we need to grow without having to ask for just for more cash. I see, I see. So bring in partners that can bring in that expertise instead of hiring it. Right, because that's you know the, the one thing that will choke any company is the need for cash. If you can't get it, then you're you're you, you're stopped. You're stopped, right, especially in this phase. I mean, you've been at it for five years without probably generating significant revenue, and so you could easily get to a point where it's just becoming a, a cash drain. Exactly, it would it wouldn't take long at all. I mean, especially when you're talking about co- the cost of the, you know and, and software development and li- lawyer fees. I mean, the first the first go around with it, I you know I pocketed. Um, everything out of pocket for that with lawyer fees and stuff like that. It doesn't take long, you know, and you're, you know, $50,000 in the hole. Well, great. Well, thanks for sharing that, that journey there. It seems like it's been, uh, I'm sure you've learned a heck of a lot and it's been exciting, <laughs> but frustrating, I'm sure at points as well. Oh, absolutely. There's been several frustrating points. I mean, and there's been several victories. So you, you have to kind of focus on the victories and, you know, with, you know, it's, it's not a failure for lessons learned. So just make sure you don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. It'll be interesting to follow how that develops and I'm sure it'll be successful. All right, let's, let's make a right turn here and talk about customer service. I know that's one of your focuses, one of the things you help your customers with and one of the focuses and how you've always done business. And you have a, a seminar, I believe it's called the Launch Seminar. Tell me about that and what that's about. Yeah, so that's uh, our, our latest and greatest that we're um, super excited about. So we will go into cities and it's a three hour, we usually work with uh, chambers, but it's a three hour seminar that businesses will come in and we spend an hour talking about search engine, optim- search engine optimization in their website, making sure that their websites are really developed and set up the way they need to be to be optimized and help them understanding, you know, how to blog, how to, to tag the blogs and kind of help their ranking um, with their efforts. So we spent an hour really diving in to make sure that that's all set up. We want them to bring their laptops and, you know, kind of a workshop. And then we take an hour and we talk about social media. We talk about how to create a community and how to become a resource for the people that are following you and how to, to grab the right people um, to have interest into your company and your company's Facebook page and Twitters and, and you know, whatever, whatever platform you're on. 
And so we get into all that and um, talk to them about the, the importance of putting good information on social media that will guide people to your website so that they can learn about what they're they're seeking. And then, of course, in that, you know, those can see other things that you offer and other resources that you have. So we talk about how those two work together. And then the, the third segment, the last hour, we talk about customer experience. Because like I said earlier, you know, when other customers are talking about you, people listen. And so what are they going to see when they go to your website? What are they going to see when they go to your social media? If they Google your business name, are they going to see reviews? You know, what kind of reviews are they going to see? Are they are they negative? Um, so it's it's all those three things work together. And so we take that course in, in it's kind of a crash course, and it's it's pretty high high energy, a lot of information for businesses to go back and implement um, in their own businesses. We can find a schedule for those on on the website. Yes, if you go to uh, Triple R, well. The schedule, I mean, they're, they have to be uh, registered. Re yeah, the chambers have to register, and then then we would come to the city. So, city. Uh, okay. so we require like we require like f at least fifteen attendees to to, to go to, to set up the class. So, if they want to, if someone's interested, just let us know, and then we can work out all the details. But that's that's kind of where it starts. So, if uh, if you think about a small business owner. And their website. What, what is there? One piece of advice you could share based on what you see, either that people are doing wrong or just a you know best practice as far as a website goes, and particularly in light of uh, optimizing SEO. The best. I mean, the, the big part with your website is you want it to become a resource that people will want to come back to it. So that means you're going to have to provide information that they're that they're looking for. So. You know, if if I'm a if I'm a car salesman and I'm selling cars, then I need to have resources on my site on what to look for in a dealership, what to look for when I'm buying a used car, what to look for when I'm buying a new car. Help me make the decision really without having to contact you. Because then you become the expert, in my opinion, because you're helping me. You know, how to negotiate pricing. So, I mean, you could go on the list, down the list, but it doesn't really matter what you're in, but what are your customers asking before they need you, before they're ready to buy? Because they've already made that decision by the time, they already know the information that they're looking for by the time they make the call to you. So become the resource to help them out. That's what the way, you know, that's how you get your website to become, you know, valuable to people. Great. Thanks for that. Matt, what, what would you say has been some of the keys to your success in business? I would say the number one uh, key is understanding the value of relationships. And I know, I mean, what I mean by relationships, I'm not necessarily just talking about with customers, but with other entrepreneurs, other people, reaching out to other people and trying to help them because the more you try to help them, you know, it just comes back around. It, it really does. So um, networking and building relationships with people has been definitely the key in the growth of the business. Um, it's just, you know, always looking for ways to improve and, uh, you know, understanding what people want. 
So those would be kind of, you know, two or three of the main things that I would say would brought to our success. This focus on relationships, is that something that was just always who you were? Or did you have to learn that over time? No, I mean, I, you know, I think it goes back to the days when I was selling plumbing supplies, you know, and I had, I had contract, you know, the, the day that, well, within a few weeks that I started my marketing agency that I had, Henry Abbott, I had 60% of them call me within the few weeks. Get in here. We need you in here. We want you in here. There, you know, versus just saying, oh, well, he's gone. We'll just call somebody else. You know, those people were my friends as well. And I think, you know, that's definitely the point where I was like, okay, there's something here. You know, it's, it's, it's more than just being a low, you know, a price and delivering a service. It's about really getting to know them and, and having that relationship. And I, that's been our focus from day one really is this build, you know, helping business build relationships to withstand new competition because the new competition is always going to come around your way. Right. And so when that happens, do you withstand the storms? Great insights. All right. So we'll start to wrap it up here, Matt, a couple of last questions. One is, is there a book that you've read recently that you would recommend to our listeners? Yes. Uh, I'm always reading. Um, one, it's not necessarily a new one, but I definitely recommend Utility by Jay Bear. Um, that book should be in everybody's library because it really gives you a true understanding of where we're at today. And basically the book says, give it all out for free. Just, just give it. And then it'll attract the right people into your business. So it's uh great book. Of course, Jay has a new book out now that's really awesome called Hug Your Haters as well. Hmm. It's uh, how to handle negativity, you know, with social media, there's so much of it. And it's a great book on how to handle those situations. So, I mean, Jay is uh, one of my all-time favorite writers and I, his, his books are very inspiring and a lot of, the, you know, decisions that I make as well. Great recommendations. Thanks for those. We'll have those on our show notes page at thehowofbusiness.com. So let's wrap it up. Last question for you is any parting piece of advice our listeners are either looking to make that transition into becoming their own boss or their existing small business owners like we are looking for ways to grow their business. Any last thoughts for that? Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about starting your own business, jump, do it. That's the hardest part. Really getting started is the hardest part in, in starting. Um, do it and just start building relationships. You know, we are so close to people with social media. You can, you can connect with about anybody now really fast and just learning to partner with the right people that can help connect you and are on the, on the same understanding that you want to give. And it, it comes back and people will, they, it, it, it comes back to you in business as well. So just do it and start connecting with people, build those relationships. And um, that, you know, that's definitely where I would start if, if I was starting today. Great advice. And uh, Matt, where can people go to learn more about you and about Triple R Marketing? Um, they, our site is triplermarketing.com and it's spelled out T-R-I-P-L-E-R marketing.com. Um, they can email me. It's Matt, M-A-T-T, -T, at Triple R Marketing, 
We're on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and all those other great places. Uh, if, they, if you want some caramels, it's jonescaramels.com. Wonderful. And we'll have all those links at the show notes page at thehowofbusiness.com. Uh, Matt, thanks for taking this time to be with us today and sharing your story and your insights. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Folks, thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. If you're listening to us on iTunes, we would welcome and thank you for subscribing to our show. And we look forward to having you on the next episode of The How of Business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by LevanteBusinessGroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.